0: Welcome back to the Integrateness Podcast with Jason and Jolene. Guess which one I am. And yes, this time we're doing it live in studio like we did for our awesome drunken Christmas party. Jolene is here. She's promised not to burp for the entire episode.
1: And I promise to stay sober, you guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I counted the, the number of bottles you consumed when you were here, Jolene. and mm. oh. I'm impressed. Oh,
1: you you didn't- <laughs> See the hand pour pre drinks I had before. <laughs> I think those were the troublesome ones. That, uh, yeah, that's that's gin, guys. That is the evidence of gin.
0: Well, gin, I love gin, but gin comes and gets you. Like it, it comes out of nowhere and it just gets you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Speaking of gin, it's Valentine's Day today. You guys, isn't gin like the classic panty remover?
0: <laughs> was that, I thought that was vodka?
1: No, I'm pretty sure it's gin. Is it
0: gin? <laughs> damn no, no wonder my success rate when, okay. during when i was single and young right? was so, so bad
1: start your list now everybody this is what you're gonna need for tonight
0: <laughs> gin
1: and panties <laughs> I have the funniest story about that. Actually, I'm going to lead with this. So I have an altar in the middle of our kitchen table and my kids and I always add uh, random things to it. We always have fresh flowers in there. We always have a candle that we light at dinner time. And again, these are all lovely, beautiful things you can have for Valentine's Day. But we make every day feel like Valentine's Day and uh for a month there my mom and her boyfriend were spending uh time at our house staying there because they were doing renos at their place and I sat down quickly to eat my lunch and I looked and in my altar there was sort of like this thing in there that I hadn't put in there and I didn't think the kids did and I looked again and I looked again and I was like is that underwear in my altar (laughs) (laughs) and all of a sudden my mom quickly grabbed it really embarrassed and she was like oh that's where that went (laughs) (laughs) i was like that wasn't that's totally a joke my mom and rick would have done to me but it was for real i guess she was doing laundry on the (laughs) table and a pair of underwear flew into the altar and i was like that's amazing that's like the best way to manifest sexy time (laughs) because we usually put things in there that we like that we appreciate that we want more of so when we find money we'll put the coins in there and panties
0: (laughs) that's awesome isn't that amazing that is amazing yes that is and I'm glad you kind of pointed something out because um, right off the top about Valentine's Day that you guys said in your house, you, you kind of try to celebrate like it every day, which we do in our house. We don't actually honor today because today is Valentine's Day uh, when this episode drops and because uh, we just think it's something like it, it shouldn't be so like you should show the person you love that you love them and the people you love that you love them every day and not just kind of reserve everything for one day where there's this broad gesture and a Hallmark card and that's kind of it
1: yeah and lots of disappointment yeah so I like to to try and have that energy in my home and in my life I buy myself flowers every week with my groceries because that is something I really enjoy and also something I never really got a lot of and why wait around for the things that you're not getting when you can just give them to yourself and that's kind of that self-love journey and the ability to love yourself so you're not constantly seeking it externally from other people so that's like the big thing we want to highlight around valentine's day is how much love do we source from others to keep us feeling like we are nourished and fulfilled enough and how much love are we actually sourcing ourselves so you know what are ways that like you love yourself jason what are ways you offer yourself that nourishment and i like to use that word because it is like how do you satisfy the needs
0: oh i mean like i meditate every day take the time to meditate every day um and we talked about this before i like to have my whiskey at night Right. It's my calm thing I get to do. Um, reading in front of the fireplace in the winter as often as possible. Um, going for walks as a family. We like to do that as much as we can. And, and during the day, because when my boys at school, my wife and I will quite often go for walks together. And that's kind of our time to do it. Even if we don't talk about a lot, mm-hmm. we're just sort of hanging out. And those are kind of the key like day-to-day ways that we do. And, and I think for us, because my wife is an introvert as well, respecting each other's space. As much as we can, while still finding time to sit together, even if we're just reading in the same room
1: yeah. sometimes,
0: right? That, that's kind of how we go about it.
1: And something you talked about before in the introvert episode is that like the ability to assert your needs when you need space, when you need time for projects, when you need um, time away from things. I think that's also one of the biggest um, kind of acts of self-love to ourselves.
0: Yeah, we and that happened actually Christmas Eve because um, uh, we were going to go to the in-laws, And uh, so it was in the afternoon. And I'd lost a friend of mine of some 33 years that week. And I just wasn't feeling it. And you know when you're not feeling it and you know there could be tension anyways, because we talked about that in our kind of Christmas episode, that sometimes there's tension. I just said, I don't think I'm going and my wife was like, "No, I agree. That's probably a good idea. But you had it had to be said. Otherwise, I would have gone, and it would have been a disastrous yeah time.
1: Disastrous internally or externally. I don't think you would have been a dick on the outside, but I think inside you would have been feeling resentment. You wouldn't have been in your like natural kind of talkative state of being interested in what other people have to say. And
0: oh yeah, no, no, it would have been, that would have, been, it would have been like inside. I would have been hating the world." <laughs>
1: me like acts of self-love you know uh for the longest time they were simple things because my life was so busy with my with my kids when they were very very young that like for me, it was my bubble bath at the end of the night. That was truly one of the only things I could anchor into as a way of like caring for myself and my soul. Um, and then it started to evolve as more space was allowed into my life and it became around boundaries and it became around disciplining myself, boundary in my own time, actually setting time aside. And I remember I just said this to my mom the other night about organizing my garage and going through, through some things to go to the dump. I said, I am not doing that on my spare time. I will do it when I can open the door and the kids are playing in the street, but I am not doing that task when it's just me in my alone time, because for me, that's what I used to do. I used to get so busy getting all those tasks done when I didn't have my kids around and it robbed me of every opportunity to refill my tank. I just emptied my empty tank even more. So that's the stuff that I've learned to boundary is when I have hands-free kid free time, I really prioritize it in nourishing myself. And sometimes I choose to do nothing. And for me, that's never nothing. Like if you know me, but it would be meditation, journaling, um, I prioritize my Pilates, my physical um, stuff now. And again, like that's a lot of mental and emotional kind of processing there. I prioritize sort of who I'm hanging out with how I'm using all of that time so for me discipline and boundaries became a huge form of self-love as well as all the fluffy stuff I love flowers on my table I love treating myself to something that tastes delicious you know even I just like brought myself a tea over today to just enjoy that while I was doing this all these little things I do with the intention of nourishing myself and being kind to myself I think so many women um, are, are, are kind of I don't want to say like brainwashed, but essentially socialized into this kind of martyring. Everything you give into your give of yourself is linked to your purpose and your worth and things like that. And there's so much bragging and pride. And I know because I've been there um, in in how much you sacrifice yourself. And I very intentionally am making efforts not to sacrifice myself where I don't need to. And it's OK to nourish myself. And it's OK to put myself first. And it's OK to be proud to do those things.
0: Well, and you know what? It's funny. Like, because um, we were we were talking. I think it was last week about the the mom shaming. Yeah. That goes on. Because um, I know both my wife and another friend of mine, who she recently became a mom in the last few years, mother of two. She said there is this impression that no matter how good you're doing as a mom and as a parent, it's still not good enough mm-hmm. for women. Guys, it's kind of we get off easy.
1: Guys get praised. They're like at the grocery store with a kid.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? That's what I mean. We get off easy. Oh, you're actually engaged with your child. Well, good for you. That's awesome, right? But for for women, it's so much more. Um, So it's good to kind of realize you don't have to live up to that standard.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that is both internally like and socially conditioned, right? It's what we take on ourselves. It's what we heal from our bloodlines. You know, I look at the sort of what my mom navigated being a mom when I was younger and then what her mom probably navigated. So there's a lot of that intergenerational healing that occurs through all of that process. But that's actively what like a self-love journey looks like for me, which then transfers into how I seek love externally. So, you know, healing a lot of codependency from previous relationships and that again, Uh, you know, tendency to take on more um, than needed to maintain either the status of the relationship or purpose or worth or any of those things, which then just create really lopsided dynamics in partnerships, right? They're not actually partnerships. Um, So that, you know, essentially rolls into my dating life as just a way healthier version of myself and how I seek external love now. And it's really like the cherry on top of everything. And it's, it adds in addition, to, but I'm not going to feel like I can't survive or I am like significantly in danger if somebody like chooses not to love me or if, if a connection ends or things like that. So that's why we really want to focus on sourcing that love within so that, you know, we're not, (laughs) we're not bringing unrealistic expectations to the table. So I always talk to clients about this. I'm such a metaphor person or like an analogy person. I'm like, okay, so both of you are going on a journey, you're going on a road trip and (laughs) you pull up in this like right bagged piece of shit you haven't changed your oil you've got like a quarter of a tank of gas your windshield wipers don't work you've got like the wrong season tires on and you're just like all right i'm ready to go and this person's all like shined up waxed it's like in prestige condition like nicely tuned up And you're expecting to go on this journey with this person. Um, and they're like, well, I really like you. I want to go on the journey. So here, let me fix your car for you. And let me like, just get it a bit safer for you. Cause often that's what many of us, you know, we always have a giver and a taker in the relationship typically, um, until they get healthy and two givers is just magic. But (laughs) essentially you're just like, oh yeah, that's great. And, And it starts out really innocent, but then it really just becomes about, you know, that person not learning to maintenance their own vehicle or valuing that in a sense. Or what if both people bring pieces of shit to the journey and they're expecting each other to like fix those parts. And sometimes that can be beautiful. It's a slow journey and it's painful, but sometimes that's possible. Right. Um, but ideally we want to both bring functioning vehicles to the journey and then we can kind of help each other out where one falls short. And I think that that is one of the most beautiful, um, places to kind of start relationships or recognize, well, we're not there. Let's get ourselves there. There's a lot of people, you know, well into their marriages that get to that point. Um, and then that way, you're each accountable for your own vessel, and you can enjoy that journey so much more, right?
0: Oh, huge. Huge. And, and, and invariably, it never happens where two people show up at the exact same place where they should be.
1: Don't say never. Okay. <laughs>
0: A lot of the time. <laughs> I'm sure there are. <laughs>
1: all, of our, all of our listeners are almost there. They're like, okay, we've, we're doing all the work. We're 27 episodes in. We got it, got it. We're, all, we're all tuned up.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Um, but it's good to realize when suddenly one person is maybe, you know, giving more or trying to lift that other person up more. And then I think it takes a lot for a courage for people to say to go into counseling either individually or even as a couple to try to work on that. Um, and if you can kind of acknowledge that, then that's, that's an important step, I think to a happy union.
1: Yeah, we never want to become our partner's therapist, right? So we I think it's beautiful that like the the rawness of good partnerships is that we are able to see those really dark times in our partner and be there with them through it and help kind of like give them that like step up out of the hole or the rope and be like here, but we can't rely solely on that, right? Like we need to know our partners willing to go through the dark times with us. They're not just going to toss us when we're in there, but it's not their responsibility to get us out. That's the difference is we don't want to assume responsibility of our partners, Um, you know, uh, healing in that sense, because that really shifts a lot of the dynamics. And I think if people reflected on their relationships, eventually, I think you you harbor some resentment there or the partner harbors resentment, you turn into more of a paternalistic or maternalistic type um, dynamic in your relationship. And it really shifts that polarity around sexual attraction with our partners, too, it starts to dampen a whole bunch of areas, when our partners or we can go to another source and get our vehicle maintenance in a sense of like accepting responsibility and also honoring that some of the things we need to work through actually don't have anything to do with our partnership and our partner doesn't need to go through that part with us that's our old shit right that we can do another place to bring our best selves forward I really believe that when we can bring our best selves forward the rest will really unfold the way that it needs to as long as each person is committed to being their best self you know
0: Exactly. Exactly. And like you say, once each person is committed to being their best selves, they can then honor the other person's boundaries. Um, and kind of what they I think there's a point, And this is something I started to do as I dated because um, I hated dating like a lot. Um, I would kind of almost within the first couple of dates just kind of be like, like so what, what do you want in life? that conversation would come up a lot earlier. So it's just, you don't have, usually when you date, you just, you're just having fun and you're like eating and you're going out for yeah, dinner and whatever to the
1: chase. Like, yeah. It's
0: like, what do you want out of your life? Because if their life goal wasn't matching with mine, I'm like, I'm not fucking wasting any more time. You're nice, but I'm not like, do totally because you just you're setting yourself up for disaster like six months a year two years down the road
1: yeah yeah i think and i think that that uh is also like a piece of maturity that happens as we grow older as well and we cut to the chase and we're you know hopefully not sourcing so much acceptance as we are alignment right yeah oh i like that that was good
0: yeah it was very good very yeah good.
1: because uh, yeah okay i'll leave that there, Boom. Where's our drama? <laughs> there? Um, so now we're kind of going to shift into like uh valentine's day mode because people are at all different stages, right? Like I remember in the early years, Valentine's Day, like if I were to kind of scan, okay guys, so my birthday is on February the 19th. Okay, listeners, you got that? It's on the 19th.
0: Five days from now. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and my favorite things are. <laughs> so it came right after Valentine's Day. And that was just such a, like, shit week because there was a lot of pressure if I ever had a partner during that time. And, like, my my longest-term partner, my ex-husband, that was not his forte. Like, he just, that wasn't his jam. So there was a lot of, like, awkwardness during that entire week, right? Um, but I think about, like, the span of my lifespan and what Valentine's Day meant. My mom was always one of those moms that would, like, put chocolates and fun things in our lunches and I I remember that but I remember like one of the best valentine's like efforts and I'm gonna say efforts because it's not about the monetary piece it's not about the gifts but it was about the efforts was when I was like 16 or 17 I think it was like grade 11 a guy I was dating at the time fucking top-notch you guys i'm pretty sure it was his mom she was lovely and that's the other piece which is really beautiful is that he like let his mom do it and he was quite proud and he probably you know but anyways i got like like a red satin robe oh wow i know in like grade 11 yeah wow it was amazing and it was this beautiful red satin robe and i think perfume and then like a little cute uh, teddy bear or something. And that was kind of for Valentine's and maybe my birthday or something. But it was so thoughtful and it was so beautiful and classy. And it just, I remember feeling so special. Like, wow, that was a lot of effort for this age group. Like I never expected that for myself. Um, I just remember how profound that was. And then, you know, you can kind of scan the lifespan of like when you're single and what that feels like. And like, then people look for, I never really look for temporary Valentine's. I was like, wow, oh, whatever. But, you know, you know, when you're out at the bars on Valentine's Day and that fucking rose lady comes along. Lady. <laughs> and there's some, there's some chick who's always got like a dozen roses. They're all from the same dude that she probably like will never pay attention to. But like you just think about all those dynamics.
0: She made right? a killing that rose <laughs> lady. Oh, she was,
1: I know. Is she probably still out there actually? Like, yeah, she's genius. Hey?
0: Genius. She always show up at like 11 o'clock at night when most people are like hammered
1: they still good but they still got money they
0: still got money so you're just that perfect mix for her it's like y'all spend 50 bucks on 50 different roses or whatever you know what i mean
1: somebody's like i still got three hours to get in this girl's yeah i got three hours to get in her bed okay so anyways rose lady love you um but that's kind of the thing and then like you move into longer term partnerships and like that's something that you know depending on your love languages which go back and listen to those episodes but like sometimes that starts to dwindle away what I noticed is that I stopped receiving so I would do the um and that's not the case anymore guys I'll receive I've worked on that a lot the last two years but it was it was around like oh well don't waste your money and it is ridiculous don't waste your money on flowers on Valentine's Day like buy them ahead of time if you want or wait until like after like my birthday when it's a little bit cheaper or something I started kind of pushing that away and seeing myself as not worthy of those gifts and not worthy of like why would you spend that much or why would you because it was a big week of receiving and I think there was so much disappointment at times when I had hoped to receive and didn't um, that I just like stopped it altogether it was like I does, uh, just saving myself from disappointment so I actually healed a lot of that a couple of years ago in terms of anyone who uh, follows my business page I bought this like Jolene, Jolene, Jolene sweater. And I, it was a huge self-love act for myself because people had kept sending it to me and I was like, fuck, why would I wear a sweatshirt with my name on it? (laughs) And then I was like, uh, Jolene, why wouldn't you wear a sweatshirt with your name on it? You were the most worthy person of wearing this fucking sweatshirt, so I bought it. And I was like, I am so embarrassed to wear this. People are going to think I'm so conceited, so full of myself. Like I can't. Now I wear that goddamn thing with pride because it really was like an acknowledgement of like, no, if anyone is more worthy, like friggin Stephanie shouldn't wear this, Sally shouldn't wear this, <laughs> Rebecca shouldn't wear this. Jolene should wear this. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's
0: the Jolene sweatshirt. Is, like, come on. <laughs> yeah,
1: it says like it says Jolene like times and it's yeah it's or it's like a coral color with pink writing like it's quite bold it's very dolly-ish but um that was like a big part of my self-love journey is looking at those things like how open and how willing am i to receive and i i put a block up there to protect myself from disappointment for quite a few years
0: interesting i think we all do it at some point right i remember because remember back at like now at school on valentine's day every kid has to give every other kid a valentine They've made it. It's mandatory because if you think back to when we were in school, oh, it was so sad. There's always, and they they made a deal. Okay, you can open because you you put those things on your desk, and the kids would drop throughout the week. And then there's a point on Valentine's Day where everyone said, "Okay, now open up your Valentine's sacks, whatever they were called." And there was always the kid that got nothing, or only one or two, or something. Right? I even some years got nothing or one or two, and it was the shittiest feeling. Even though, like, you don't. Yeah. Put weight on it. You know, the people can tell you it doesn't mean anything. I when you're a kid in school, like between the ages of like five and 12, it means a lot.
1: Oh, my God. I feel that shittiness right now. Right. Like, so do I like talking about it? Like elementary school, right? Because
0: everyone remembers it.
1: Go back there. Yeah. Actually, last Valentine's Day, uh, I had a session with one of my clients and we ended up looking at relationships. She was newly dating again. And uh, we went back and processed a Valentine's Day experience. She was like holy shit i forgot about that and she had actually bought this guy she was like i think 11 or 12 or something and she had bought him a box of chocolates and he took them but then she saw him kind of like mocking fun with his friends somewhere else and it was because he was new to I feel like this is right he was new to the school and he was trying to kind of be cool but he actually really did like the chocolates oh. but he was trying not to be embarrassed in front of them and it like crushed her he didn't take the chocolates I think but I remember like we ended up actually doing a whole therapy session of EMDR through that because that had actually changed how willing she was to show her love to somebody else That's
0: it's all it takes when you're rejection. young is one, one moment of rejection will t- change the course for people completely
1: entirely so think about that word you guys rejection like i feel like valentine's day is one giant rejection kicked the nuts
0: <laughs> i remember and i didn't think of it till later it was in high school um and i was super shy and this new girl came in grade nine named kathy and i could tell you know she, i could tell looking back she liked me because she would always find me in the hallway and start talking to me and she invited me to the dance and I was so nervous and scared, I said no. <gasps> Kathy, it wasn't you. It wasn't you. And I sort of <laughs> was able to connect with her many, many, like, years later and say, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't, not just about that in particular, but say, I always really liked you. And I was always too shy to do it. And she appreciated that. But it was, like, one of the, I felt, I didn't, at the time, it didn't register with me. But it wasn't until years later, it was, like, fuck.
1: Do you know what my favorite part of that story is, Jason? You went back and told her. So that is actually so if any of you are in scenarios like like this where someone perceives your lack of involvement in their life as rejection and it actually wasn't, it was because you feared rejection or you didn't feel good enough for something at some point. If you find it in yourself, go back and tell that person because I tell you, we carry these stories with us through so much of our life and I help people process through this all the time. And actually just last, uh, just last month, there was about three different people that were like, you wouldn't believe this, this guy from like fucking 15 years ago that like I had the biggest crush on and I thought that he had fully rejected me and I wasn't good enough. He literally came back, flipped me this random text or whatever and ended up telling me that like he was like madly in love with me and too afraid to tell me that or whatever that be and like that changed the entire wound of i am not good enough i am not enough for these people and i can think for myself of where i've been offered that actually um in spirit form with somebody who has deceased and it was so healing for me to be like i fucking knew it (laughs) because it is (laughs) when people even have to like choose themselves instead of choosing you there is still this profound sense of either abandonment or rejection in some way especially when like we felt different like maybe we noticed that they felt different or something If you are ever on your healing journey and feel like you need to reconcile some of that for other people, this is your sign. This is your encouragement to go and do that. You can really change that person's life and where that wound was activated for them. Sometimes that actually just ties it up in a giant bow. And that is one of the most beautiful gifts you can offer people sometimes.
0: Even if it takes 20 years.
1: Oh my God, yeah.
0: However long it takes, it's important to do it. And if you'll be like, I know with her, there was an opportunity that came up because I saw something she was posting online about just having a really tough go or something like that. And so I, I, don't know why it was one of those like I got a message I haven't talked to her really, so I just messaged and said, "Oh, I'm sorry you're going through this shitty time." And we got talking, and I said, "If ever need to talk, that's okay." And I said, and "By the way, I always, you know what I mean?" It was just, but it's weird yeah. that opportunity will present itself.
1: Totally,
0: totally, totally yeah, will.
1: I've, I've had a couple of like interactions with people from like yeah my high school days and things like that. And when you gain perspective twenty years later, you're like, "Holy shit, I had no idea." Yeah, none. Right?
0: You don't because you're you're like a teenager and you're hormonal and you don't understand half the shit that's going on in your head and (laughs) And body or anything like that
1: honestly we are so driven by our insecurities at that point and the things that we are just like seeking and sourcing and we're sourcing a lot of safety in our relationships we're sourcing a lot of security in terms of acceptance and stuff so the slightest rejection or choice not to It really impacts us I mean you need a really strong sense of self um, to be able to roll with those punches in life to begin with I mean like I'm 40 and I'm like really just getting comfortable with rejection and letting things come and go in my life and relationships come and go because we are human beings and we naturally um, we naturally seek connection so when we get connection we naturally get attached unless we've intentionally and very consciously Made an effort not to attach to outcome.
0: Yes, which is hard. Yeah, as people,
1: we're hopeful. We get we get this idea. We fantasize about the future. We look at the potential of. So like we're always forward thinking. You know, when we dive into friendships, relationships, workplace uh, partnerships, things like that. Right. It's it's a blessing and a curse.
0: It is. So, what would be your Valentine's Day message to our plethora of listeners?
1: Ah. Uh, Hmm, indulge allow yourself to indulge right and if you have a lover or a partner or anybody that you can show your love to like so vulnerably show your love that is going to be the biggest gift to yourself and the biggest gift to them is and especially when we have someone to receive our love I think that is so beautiful so many of us have so much love to give and it's just not received in some places so I think that if you have someone to receive that that is a beautiful gift that you should take advantage of and then in turn also receive your own love and allowing yourself to indulge, um, you know, unapologetically and however that looks, if you want to treat yourself to a great meal, if you want to treat yourself, some people do like anti Valentine's day things to like protest and stuff, or they hang out with friends or they treat it just like any other day, you know, but I encourage you to like choose different, right? Because, uh, you know, sometimes I think we do get into these slumps and these habits of things like choose different. Maybe you want to find somebody that might be lonely or heartbroken, or it's their first time. Maybe there's a widow out there somewhere who lost your partner maybe you want to shower them with love maybe you want to shower them with something that feels good love doesn't always have to be romantic we have friendship love we have just a universal love that we can share and that's really what's kind of highlighted today and then like you know get some chocolate cheesecake actually cheesecake that's my jam hey guys i like cheesecake my, my wife does
0: too loves okay, cheesecake jess, jess
1: and i need to get on that then I mean, my birthday's in five days guys i like cheesecake
0: <laughs> in case um, you didn't pick it up the first time
1: <laughs> and, like just yeah honor yourself so like you know for me it'll probably be bubble bath lots of great things pleasurable self-pleasuring things <laughs> and just Enjoy the shit out of it, you guys. Right? And that's what I mean. Like, yeah, share it with others, share it with yourself. Just make sure you enjoy it. Make sure you are able to receive.
0: I think I think that'd be my big takeaway too, is be willing to accept whatever yeah. comes comes your way. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah.
0: It's important. Okay then. That's our Valentine's Day episode. Or is it kind of an anti-Valentine's Day episode? It's now? a bit of both. It is, it's, isn't it? A bit of
1: both because I really do. I mean, I am not one of those people that disregards the holiday. I can't be one of those people that are like, "It's just a Hallmark day." Because I've been socially conditioned otherwise, right? Yeah. But think back. Like, there's Valentine's. How many people prep Valentine's with their kids and did cute little things and made fucking heart sandwiches and whatever else, <laughs> right? How many people are going to go to the store tomorrow and load up on the fifty percent off Lindor chocolates, right? Like. <laughs> We're celebrating somehow. Enjoy what part of it you can celebrate.
0: I remember it's one Valentine's Day story. It was um I was at the Daily News still and kind of doing stuff and didn't even clue in it was Valentine's Day cuz it's you're in the, new, the news cycle and you're busy, right? And I guess. Oh yeah, no, I know. It was in Tim and Jess was working so we we're like both out the door really quick in the morning. Then I remember like leaving and being like Fuck, it's Valentine's Day. And it was like six o'clock at night. Ooh. Because I, there, you don't work less than 10 hours. So I'm driving home, and I know the Safeway in North Kamloops always has really good, and my wife likes red roses, so I'm like, I'll pick up the red roses and a little something, and that'll be perfect. Get in there, line up almost out the fucking door of guys in the flower department, and I stop, and I'm kind of looking, and three down is my boss, Mel Rothenberger. And he turns around and looks, and he goes, forgot to, huh? And I'm like, Yep. There's there's my Valentine's Day yeah. story. <laughs>
1: you know, it's not uncommon though, right? Yeah. Like you need a mom who's gonna buy Jess a red <laughs> Right? <laughs> right i feel like you should and the
0: perfume and the little stuff you do to go with it
1: get something at christmas time put it in like your underwear drawer and hide it and be like ah oh, i've got something for like two months from now right
0: because <laughs> it will come in handy <laughs>
1: totally. oh my gosh all right folks
0: that does wrap up our valentine slash anti-valentine's day episode um we're back next week with something on satisfaction until then i'm jason
1: I'm Jolene, stay satisfied.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice, I like it, I like it. (laughs)